through 41. But without a parable, spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat unto the ship, so that it was now full. And when he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on the pillow, and they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said unto one another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your Holy Spirit now being present with us, Lord God. Speak through me. Let not my, myself speak through this message, Lord God. But I thank you for the message. I thank you for the word. I thank you for the souls that are here. Let us take this word and take it out and plant seeds into the world and to the culture around us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So Jesus... Pulls his disciples alone. He's, he says, Deep, 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 Cameron, we're going to come together. Just, just, yo, yo, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just talking. I'm just talking. So the disciples, disciples say, Jesus says to the disciples, Let us go to the other side. And he gives them a direct directive. I want you to pay something very close attention to this. And Mark, it says, Without a parable. So he's not speaking in some lofty terms. He's saying directly to his disciples, let us go to the other side. Mm-hmm. This isn't some story I'm telling you, analogy that I'm giving you so you can understand the deeper you know, This is straight direct. Let us go to the other side. And they did what they were told in God's will and with God with them. So ain't nothing better than to be in church, receiving direct word from God. Yeah. Doing directly what he said for you to do, and he joins you in the boat. Yeah. Right, right. So it's not just God telling you to do something, and you do it when he tells you to do it, he t- you do it how he told you to do it, but he's joining you within the mission he told you to do. But like any good teacher, Jesus, he wants to see if you got it. Whether you were just saying, Amen, Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, or did you actually believe what he said, what he said, how he said it? But while in God's will and on the boat with God, there was a problem. Let's go to verse 37. Verse 37 says, And there came, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Uh oh. Okay, Lord, you gave me a word. You gave me when to do the word. You gave me how to do the word. There's a problem while I'm doing the word. Uh-huh. And you're with me? Uh-huh. You, 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 you said, not, not Stephen, not Bud, not, I, I just, I just say, I'm going to go to the other side because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm called to do. No, you told me to go to the other side, so I'm going to go to the other side. And then I'm facing problems? This, this doesn't sound like what I, I've been hearing. 
We're going to get dig a little deeper. The Greek word for a great gale of wind in some other translations is lilac. A lilac is a tumultuous storm on the Sea of Galilee. Galilee. Even though they had a great lilac, what you need to understand is these men were professional fishers. Fishers. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes they were. So for a professional, you go through some training, you go through some trade, you learn the skills and assets that you need in order to, to perform a task. All the men in here have certain skills and assets to do certain tasks, and they would consider themselves professionals at that. Amen? Amen. All right. I want to make sure I heard from all the men. <laughs> Professional truck driver. Amen. Amen. But even though they were professional in the natural state, they were afraid. So, so, so they were with God in their professional skill set, doing what God told them to do, and they were still afraid even though they had all this natural worldly knowledge, natural skills. So the aspects that are often overlooked in this scene is that there are three storms happening at once. The last time I spoke to y'all was in regards to eternity and what hell and heaven was and all those different things, the three aspects of that. Three aspects, and God just, I just love how he weaves everything together. You know, there's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, there's three situations here, there's three situations that's supposed to relax, amen? All right, so we're seeing the same thing. So the first storm, there's three different storms going on at the same time. The first storm they're having is a circumstantial storm. Nature. You can't control nature. You can't control the sea. You can't control the storm. There's rain. There's a spinning of turmoil, which tells us you could be in the will of God in the midst of a storm and not be able to do anything about it. You can't control how the clerk spoke to you when you got your receipt for the food you just spent $50 can't do nothing about that. That's just what it is. That's a circumstantial storm. You can't do anything about the storm happening. The second storm is that they were terrified. They were uh, terrified by that. We know they were afraid because Jesus says this in verse 40. He says, why are ye afraid? Have ye, how is it that ye have no faith? Not a little faith. No faith. No faith. Third storm is that it was a theological storm. What do you mean by that, Stephen? Verse 38 tells us that it was a theological storm in the sense that it says, and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they awake him, and they say unto the master, carest thou not that we perish? Hold up. This spiritual storm is a theological storm because the circumstances were out of their control and their emotions have gone crazy. You know that. Now they question what they have believed is even true. Lord, you said you was a will in the middle of a wheel. You said, you said, you said, um, but this, what, what I'm hearing on Sunday is not what I'm feeling on Monday. Or even Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. This, this, this ain't working. This ain't clicking for me. How many of us have weathered a storm or are weathering storms in such a capacity today? You yeah. gotta raise your hand. Amen. If the truth be told, there aren't many of us that have not questioned God. <coughs> this week, even today. Wow! That's right. I'll be the I'll, no one else wanna raise their hand. I'll be the first to say, Lord, listen, I'm wow. serving. Wow. I'm serving. And uh, what I need, what I want. I can, I'll be all right with what I want not getting me yet, but what I need mm. ain't being met yet. Yeah. 
What's going on? So you, you ask yourself, you know, I don't know if I should be believing this anymore. Just, I'm, can I be real, church? Can I be real for a second? I don't know if I should. You gave me a dream, and it ain't happening yet, and it's been nine years. <laughs> right, you know, and you're just like, Lord, what's going on? What we hear and what we experience don't match. So one thing I want to point out to you is verse 38 again, which I, I read. You can look at that. <clears throat> um, one thing we need to take is crazy. Jesus himself is asleep. Not, not we sitting in church. Asleep. <laughs> you, you nod off a little bit. No, he had a cushion. Right. He got comfortable. He, he got comfortable. Yeah. And he, he got comfortable and said that when you get a comfort when you get a, a pillow and a comforter, uh -oh. you meant to go to sleep. That's right. That's right. You didn't fall asleep. Right. You <laughs> wanted to go to sleep. Because yeah. you was tired. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm tired, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> now I'm letting me go to sleep. Pray no longer, so I'm tired. I'm I'm checking out. But he only gets up when they wake him up. Right. At which he rebukes the wind and says to the circumstances, hush up us. I mean, peace, peace, peace. Mm -hmm. Stop, stop, stop. Don't let it be said that your crisis continues because you didn't take the time to wake the Savior up. How many have not woken the Savior up? I can say I have. When it gets bad, uh -oh. Uh -oh. And I'm in that position. Yeah. Jeez. Strike that reversal. When I've been in that position. All right. It, you, you, you caught my drift. When I've been in that position, I'm like, oh, I've done it before. What's the point? I'm going to just try to figure it out myself. Mm -hmm. And then and then I run to God when it get real, real bad. Don't you care that I'm going to die? Wake up, Jesus. Hello. Where you at? You weren't, so, you weren't so concerned about it that getting his attention wasn't important. Or, many of us fall into this situation. We get a break in the circumstance, i.e. storm, i.e. lilac, and leave our pursuit of God while on the storm dormant until we're out of his eye once again. How many people know what the eye of the storm is? Amen. That's you can be in a storm, and you get into the eye of it, and it looks like there's no storm unless you look around you. Yeah, yeah. Right? Some of us are in a circumstance lilac right now. Some of us have been in one and got a little bit of peace. So because we got that little bit of eye of storm, we're like, well, we're good now. You know, we, we take God out of the box. A lot of people put treat God like a spare tire. Uh -oh. Lord, I got a flat. Help me out. Mm -hmm. All right, that's good for 100 miles at 50 miles per hour. And men know what I'm talking about when it comes to spare tire. But once I got my new tire on for $30, used or new, whatever, I'm going to put that spare tire work. Back where it was. Back where it was. Yeah. So I'm going to put guys back in a box, uh -oh. on my mantle, in my car, six days out of the week. And on Sunday, if nothing going on, I'll go out of tradition. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. But when it comes to circumstance, I'm not really going to pursue you. I'm going to be respectful because I was raised that way. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's it. So, cuz we'll wake up everyone else when we in the middle of a lilac. 
I need $50. Hey, hey, can you help me out? Hey, 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 I need to move this furniture. We'll wake everybody else up because we think they got power, because we think they got influence, because we think they got the needs that we need to fulfill our needs. We'll run to everybody else first and God last. Much like the disciples in this situation. Now, just using some spiritual wisdom here. The storm happened, right? Yes. They were afraid. They did everything they could do in their professional skill set and tradesmanship, then woke up to say. And before even waking up the Savior, they didn't even try any of the spiritual skills and assets and things that they learned from the Savior to quiet the storm themselves. So, well, he shouldn't be asleep, you know. That's what we all thought. Mm-hmm. Maybe he even said it. So the reason why he was asleep, what I... Oh, Jesus said, I'm sorry, verse 40. He says, why are ye so fear, fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Mm-hmm. What? They wake up Jesus, boat fills with water. They're in, the most, they're in a terrible storm unknowing whether they will live or die, and Jesus asked them a question. He says, why are you so fearful? I don't know. Because we're going to die? <laughs> we're in this little boat, no bigger than you. There's 12 of us. You sleep in the back part of the... I, I, feel, like, I feel like that was Peter. Peter would have said something bold like that. You know, he had the sword, he cut off mouth. Yeah. That's, he he kind of bucked. You know, he kind of like, Lord, come on. Like, you ain't going to die, because I said so. Anybody going to get to you. I'm going to cut off Peter's, you know, just that's what I feel in my heart. <laughs> Peter was the one that said something like that. Peter's <laughs> So, let's go back to verse 35. In verse 35, it says, And the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Jesus, mm-hmm. let us pass over unto the other side. That's right. So let's not go halfway mm-hmm. or part by all of us. No, let's go all, all the way, way to the other side. What he did say, maybe. I told you where we were starting and where we will end up. That's right. Point A, point Z. In fact, Jesus said the saints, that face said, Amen, hallelujah. Other side, other side, thank you, Lord, for the other side. You know, they said that on, on the peaceful shore, on the banks, before going over the valley. They said that. But when the circumstances showed up, it overruled what he had said on the peaceful shore. The problem overrode the promise. Now we waking up in the living light of the... <clears throat> now when you're walking in the living light of the problem... I had to write this down because I didn't want to... It's a tongue twister. But now when you're walking in the living light of the problem, no longer living in the light of the promise, the problem will dominate and make you forget he ever That's made right. a promise. That's right. That problem will magnify. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't want you to deny those circumstances because a storm is a storm. A trial is a trial. A lie like a lie. A problem is a problem. Don't deny it. But your circumstances should never trump his word that 
uh, that's not God's will. He only wants his word, not only his word, but it's also, but it also should not trump his presence because he's on the boat too. Sometimes God doesn't give you specifics because he didn't need to. Case in point, let's go to Rebecca. It's an often forgotten uh, book of the Bible. And to be quite honest, up until the Lord gave me this message, I've forgotten about Rebecca myself. But there's something about Habakkuk, which I love the word. I, I, I follow this to the team. My grandmother said this when I was young. Whenever you find a word in the Bible, there's always another word to back it up. Mm-hmm. If someone tells you a word and says it's in the Bible, and you can't find anything else to back it up, that's not a God. That's some, that's some man's doctrine. So to prove that what I'm saying is from the Lord, let's go to Habakkuk chapter 1, uh, verses 2 through 5. It says, O Lord, how long... Shall I cry? Put your, insert yourself in the Becca situation. Amen. So, O oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And thou wilt not hear. Even cry unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore, the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth, for the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore, wrong judgment proceeding. Behold, ye among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days which ye will not believe, though it will be told you. That last verse, chapter five, or verse 5, rather, is referring to God responding to the devil, God responding to you. So in the beginning, you're saying to God, in the middle of your circumstance, in the middle of your life, Lord, I'm crying to you, even to the point of violence, where I'm screaming at the top of my lungs and pulling my hair out. It's not working. I'm angry. I can't find you. What's going on? And God says, even if I told you, I told you on the peaceful shore where we're going, and I'm joining you in that pursuit. I didn't have to tell you what I was doing in the process of it. All right. Boy, because in Rebecca, he says, you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't believe. Lord Jesus. You wouldn't believe what I was doing if I told you what I was doing when I was doing it. Good point. Go ahead, John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you that ye might have peace in the world. Ye shall have tribulation, but in good but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Amen. Amen. So again, the Lord says, Jesus says, in the world ye shall have trouble, tribulation. In this passage, in this world, the peaceful shore, where I'm coming from to you, I'm saying, come to me. You're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. You're going to have trouble in that circumstance. You're going to have trouble in this business I'm telling you to start. You're going to have trouble in this family I'm telling you to mend. You're going to have trouble in this relationship that's falling apart, but be of good cheer. For be I will come to you are doing what I asked. What I told you because of the next level I'm taking you, I will appear to be asleep. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. I will appear to be asleep. You think I'm sleeping. See, he has to sleep because he's a man. But he, he's, his deity is awake. Yeah. So we in the boat with him. We, we paddle him. We trying to think. The size of a mother must yeah. see yeah. can move mountains. Go ahead, man. So he may appear to be asleep. Let's go to Job 23. 
verses 2 through 5. I don't throw in a lot at you. I apologize. Forgive me for not printing out these verses. If you want the verses, just come see me after church. Job 23, another instance where um, God is speaking to us and giving us highlights of examples of the Bible where people are in the middle of a circumstance or a life or a problem and they're seeking God. So Job says, and sidebar, if you haven't read Job, read Job for yourself. A lot of people, me included, hear something that someone said to them about yeah, the person in the Bible, yeah, really but don't stuff. take the time right. to read it. Because what the Lord spoke to me is for you, but the Lord might speak to you specifically in a different way. Mm -hmm. right. So Job 23, uh, verse 2 through 5, even to the day is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. So Job was looking for him. That I might come, to e come even to his seat. I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Basically, I'm trying to look for him in the West. Can't find him. Looking for him in the East. I'm looking for him everywhere. I can't find him. But if I could find him, I'd be able to speak to him. He'd be able to speak to me. And I'd understand and we'd be able to come into an understanding. <laughs> I've said this. Where are you, God? Are you asleep? Even when I'm like, okay. Now you know. I got stuff going on, and you give me this, like, oh, oh wait a minute, oh, so you, you weren't, you were asleep in my natural state, but you weren't asleep in the spiritual state. But I think everybody in here has said that to God at some point. Tell the truth, shame the devil, you said that to the Lord. Yeah, you feel bad about it, but you did what you had, to, you, you right. did what you thought you had to do. Right. So Job 6 through 11 says, Will he be pleased with me, his great power? No. no. But he would put strength in me. There the righteous might dispute with him, so should I be delivered forever my, from my judge. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. And hideth, he hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Oh, amen. My foot hath held his steps, his ways have I kept and not declared. So his, the way that I take, he knows. Mm -hmm. I still can't find him because he told me back there, go here. Mm -hmm. But I'm taking it, he knows. And my foot didn't decline to another path that the devil trying to throw in front of me. Like, well, this is easier. Just, just do that. $600 in 15 minutes? Go ahead. Sorry. It's a bit of a testimony of mine. Yeah. Had a bit of a challenge. I said, Lord, I need some money now. All right? Wait. I don't want to wait. I can't wait. $600 in 15 minutes. Okay. I didn't do it. <laughs> but, but, the, but the devil tried. <clears throat> So God was unlocatable, but in the same breath, Job says, when I come through, I shall be as pure gold. Will you be like Psalm 16, 8? I'll just read it. Don't have to pull it up. It says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. 
Storms, lilacs, are designed to deepen your faith and heighten your experience with him. That's what they're designed to do. Verse 41, he says, going back to Mark now. Verse 41, he says, And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? <laughs> now they really scared. Yeah. Who is this? <laughs> who, who? I followed you when you said, come follow me and be fishers of men. I have to bury my father. Let the dead bury the dead. Come follow me. Okay, I'm going to follow you. You preach for a whole day. You heal the sick on the side. That's before 33 through 41 if you want to study on your own time. But before that, he's doing all this stuff. Do we know who we're dealing with? Do, do we know who we're dealing with? Do we believe and know who we're dealing with? 41, it says, They feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of men is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? They didn't know who they was dealing with. No clue. Lord, heal me! Lord, fix my financial problem! Oh, but I'm going to do this 15-minute jump off. Lord, fix my marriage. Lord, fix my relationship. Lord, fix my kids. Oh, but I'm going to do what the doctor said and what they said and what he said and she said. Oh, I ain't going to pray about it. Huh. When Jesus' humanity is asleep, his deity is away. Trials. Trials, as inconvenient and painful as they are, are a journey of discovery for you to know who you're dealing with. God has placed you to let you know who you're dealing with. See, we've seen and even heard some things, but we don't know who we're dealing with. All right. See, you heard, you, you can hear my testimony, and that's my testimony, and it's a testament to you you still don't know who God is for you. You. Amen. And that's why we have to give testimony because that gives validation for those that might be lacking faith. True. Amen. That's right. There's some people in this room walking and breathing today only because of God. Amen. 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 And for someone that's considering doing that pathway, knows better not to because what the devil set them up for, but what God delivered them from in the pathway that they took. That's not even you, that's just the Lord talking. So remember on the coast, he says, let's go. In the storm, he says, your faith isn't where it needs to be yet. And they say, who, what, why, who is this? Too many of us have the Lord, Jesus, in a manger somewhere. <laughs> Too many of us don't know who we're dealing with. He's tired, so he goes to sleep because he's human. He wakes up and puts the lilac to sleep because he's God. In academic theology, we call this a hyperstatic union, which is two natures and one person unmixed forever. But human and divine, do you know who you're dealing with? One minute he's thirsty, and the next he's walking on water and stop the storm. One minute he's hungry, and the next he's taking two fish and some loaves, feeding 5,000 men, not including women and children, up to 15,000 people in 
leftovers on top. And leftovers, amen. And what I want you to realize too, this is why we have to read the word for ourselves. I, I heard this so many times. Two fish, five loaves of bread. The Bible says they fed men, not including women and children. That's right, men. Five, four thousand. I, I wrote five thousand. It's actually four thousand right. men, not including women and children. Meaning the men were going to the Lord, being healed, receiving the word, and they had their wives and daughters and children with them. Yep. And the Lord said, I, shall, "I don't want to send them away because I don't want them to faint in their journey." And they've been here with me three days. Basically, they had a summit on a mountainside. He feeds the five. He feeds the five, four thousand, right? Average family is what? Three. Three. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So let's be gracious. Say four. That's twelve to twenty thousand people. He fed with two fish and five loaves. Do you know who you're dealing with? Do we know who we're dealing with? Are we taking God seriously? Are we just saying, "All right, I'm gonna come because I made a promise and I made a vow. And I don't want it to happen again. Whatever did happen, but I'm." not going to take you seriously on Monday through Friday or Saturday. Mm. But then on Sunday or Saturday night, I'm going to pray, Lord, okay, this week is very hard. I'm going to come to church on Sunday and hopefully you forgive me and work everything out. That's why the Lord says their lips are worshiping with their hearts. He wants your heart. That's right. Not, not on one day, every day. He wants it all. He wants it all. Yeah, amen. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, it says, Seeing that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He's felt everything that we've ever felt, dealt with whatever, anything we've ever dealt with. He's been hungry for 40 days. You can go one day without food. Actually, seven, three days without water. Deacon said in Sunday school, which starts at 10 a.m. Amen. He said, we fast. We, we, we've been conditioned since a child that if we're not a 1%, half percent of the 1% that we're poor, when actually just being in America, you rich. That's right, isn't that? There's people right now that have a church, don't have running water, don't have sanitation. They take their excrement in the bags and they just take it outside. We have running water. We gotta thank God for a little bit. We have to thank God for, okay, Lord, I'm in Q1, I'm in Q6. Alright, I thank you for the clothes I got. Oh, you gave me a brand new car. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not gonna look over here and say, I need a Cadillac and all this type of stuff. Like, it's coming. It's coming. Don't get me wrong, it's coming. But we have to thank the Lord in the midst of our service. Okay, Lord, I got that brand new job in the corner office. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name, Lord. I'll give you glory. Okay, Lord, thank you, Lord. You gave me my own business. Uh-oh, business is shaking. Things are falling apart. I can't pay my bills. I can't pay this. I can't pay that. What about my kids' tuition? Trust the Lord. Because he's not sending you just to send you. He's sending you, and he's with you. Amen. He's with you in the midst of that circumstance. He's with you in the midst of that storm. And that's what we lose sight of. Right. I'll be honest with you. 
I lost sight of that. But this, his word brought me back. Right. In the midst of that situation, in the midst of that problem, the Lord, he may seem asleep, and he's asleep to us now. Wake up, Lord! He's to us now. Amen. He's asleep to us now because we're in the natural state. And sometimes I just like, Lord, why can't you come in this time, not 2,000 years ago, so I can be one of twenty. So I can be healed of my diabetes. So I can be healed of my uh, blindness. So I can be healed of this. So I can be, you know, look, selfish, be quite honest with you. Just, Lord, like, why couldn't you come in 2020 and not 2,020 years ago? But this showed me he may appear to be asleep. Mm -hmm. And he appears to be asleep because we're looking at things in our natural state and in the spiritual realm. For I shall send you a comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. And I I testify this, as I I was reading this, putting this sermon together, and as um, the Lord was giving me verses and scriptures, I I had to go into the spiritual realm. So I was driving in my car, my little 2013 Kia Soul. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. I'm praying, I'm thanking my Lord, thank you for this word. Sides. That's the name of this sermon, sides. Mm -hmm. You're on one side, you get to the other side. I felt driving, right? Nobody's in the car with me. Spiritually, I see the whole God on my right, Holy Spirit in the back passenger seat, Jesus right behind me. And I just felt hands. Thank you, Lord. Now, in my, in my natural state, I'm going crazy. I don't know how I'm going to pay this, how I'm going to fix that, how I'm going to mend this relationship, That's how right. I'm going to get this better job, how I'm going to go back, all this type of stuff. I'm worried and I'm crying out to the Lord. And I just Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just this presence. Yes, God. I thought he was sleeping because I can't see him. I can't see you, Lord. I'm not a disciple 2,000 years ago. I'm in this situation right now in 2020. I need a miracle. You told me to do this. I'm doing it, but it ain't coming together. The ends ain't me. My resources aren't being met. But you there right with me. And yes. I got, you got to remind yourself of that. And that's why we have to plant the word inside of our Thank heart. You, so when those situations rise up, uh-uh, devil. No, 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 no. Jesus said in the Bethel, because the angel of the Lord, and actually, a little tidbit here, the angel of the Lord in Old Testament is Jesus showing up in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Every time you see the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, that's Jesus appearing to God's people. But... When, when you have a situation rise up, you just got to remind yourself. He's not asleep. He's not asleep. He's working. I go to prepare a place for you. Yeah, he's working. Where's your faith? We can't look with our natural eyes. Now, granted, we all have responsibilities in this room as adults, as young people, as elders. We have responsibilities to our spouses. We have responsibilities to our significant others, our children, our coworkers, all these different things that we've committed to. <laughs> But he's our source. And our trust must be in the source, not in the resource. The very seat, the seat that you're sitting on, he provided for. That's right. Well, how did he provide for it? He provided the plant that was processed by man who he provided the wisdom to process that plant into the seat that you're sitting on. He provided the very air that we breathe in for the last 20, 30 minutes. The clothes that we got on our back. The food that we about to go eat and go to sleep on. 
Trust the source, yeah. not the resource. That's right. And if the resource is pulled away, just trust that he's either preparing you or he's bringing something better. As long as you are in his will, on his path, in his time. So you can be in a lot of that, but if you're doing his will in his time, just know, okay, look, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. I don't even have to know, because I probably wouldn't believe you like a better. Right. But I know you're going to do it. And we can petition the Lord and say, okay, Lord, you said 20 years. Well, I needed it in 10. And that's in that word, too, where great men have been assigned something. And the heavens was shut up for three day, three years, mm-hmm. and they went back and forth. Great man, destroying Babylon. Lord, don't destroy it yet. Let me find. Yeah, three good men. <laughs> yeah, let me find so many. Yes. So you can go to the Lord. You you have a high priest that's been through everything that you've been through, every temptation. Drugs ain't a new thing. These weed is not a new thing. It was back then. It was. Even cocaine. It was. All those temptations, that's not a new thing. They'll tell you it's a new thing, but it's not a new thing. History, history will tell you that. That's actually a new word, too. But you wouldn't know that because you had not picked it up. All right. So going from human to human is personal, and they can sympathize and pacify, but they can't fix it. My first message was Netflix, the analogy of Netflix. God has all these blessings. God has all these blessings, all these promises for you, and all you got to do is go to him and ask him what he has for you, and you can download it. There's not 50 to 100 people preparing a movie when you press play on Netflix. We can go to Netflix in a natural state, not the spiritual state of knowledge. I just gave you the um, parable. We can go to Netflix for a little bit, but what happens? You still feel the way you feel. You still don't feel better. We feel better for a moment, mm-hmm. maybe two hours, maybe 30 minutes. You know, We go to football. <laughs> We go to a football game and watch a football game for 17 minutes of contact. There's only 17 minutes of contact within the context of a game. But you watch it for three hours. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So if you go to the game, it's a whole different story because you're going to take some time to get there too. It's going to take about two to three hours. You've got to go through all the traffic. You've got to find a parking spot. And then you've got to pay a tithe to attend the service. <laughs> yeah. But ain't nobody ever say, oh, the Steelers don't, you know, all the, all the Steelers want is my money. <laughs> no! Nope. Yeah, good point, brother Tom. <laughs> <laughs> all, 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 the, all, the, all the NFL wants is my money. No, they'll pay that $200, $300 package every year mm-hmm. and take food out of their kids' mouths to do yeah. it. Oh, man. But going up is supernatural. We have a high priest who has seen, felt, and done everything that he's asking of us, understands it, and can fix it. Amen. And can fix it. He's got the solution in his hand. He's got the keys to life and death in his hand. (laughs) Another example. 
football, I knew that I would touch the brothers here. Thank y'all for being here. An obstetrician, I know there's many mothers in the room. So an obstetrician who's male, he can tell you to push, breathe. I know how you, brother, you don't know how she feels. Never will feel, experience, know remotely what, I don't care what kind of surgery, what is it they do, male ain't gonna never know how a woman feels to give birth. Even with all his training and skill sets. But a female obstetrician who has to, who is a mother, feels, knows, relates, and has been through possibly once or several times what a woman who's in birth is experiencing. So she can say, push! She can say, I recommend this medicine because she's been through the proper training. She can say, breathe. And she can say, I know how you feel, and you feel comfortable because you know that she knows. Christ is no different. Christ is no different. He knows how you feel. He's been through what you've been through. He's seen what you've seen. What manner of man is it that even the circumstances between the sides obey him? When he seems sleep, snoring. Waking up. And mind you, the disciples had the authority that God bestowed upon Jesus that he gave to them. And they had it. So the challenge was, okay, at this point, it was a test. It was a test. They were supposed to manifest the very things that Christ had been speaking to them all along and showing, showcasing. But your faith isn't what I need to be, so we gotta go, we gotta learn this lesson again. God will take mm. as long as it takes to get you to point Z. Yes, yes. Because he's patient. <laughs> Even if point A is here, point Z is outside. If we have point A and you just don't learn the lesson, well, he'll go back to C. And he'll go back to G. And then we'll get to W. Oh, but he didn't learn. Gotta go back to S. And we'll get to Z when we get there. See, with him, you cannot, but without him, he will not. You can try on your own, but he ain't going to do it. He's not going to join you in no mess that he, didn't, that he didn't purpose. Your amen to go is, was, his predetermined, was predetermined as long as you trust him. When God said go, he calculated and established in your salvation and your saving that you will make it through that very circumstance. It's predetermined. Every little thing that happens, every little situation that pops up, oh Lord, why me, why me, why me? It was predetermined. When you said, yes, Lord, I give you my life. Yes, Lord, you are my savior. You are my salvation. Every circumstance, no weapon. Are we just saying that or do we actually believe it? All right. No weapon. And you have to have that mindset. That's why the, the word of the Lord says, keep your mind stayed on him. That I hide thy words in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Because if the word ain't your heart, what is? From out of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's Proverbs chapter 18. I believe. Don't quote me. But it's in Proverbs. 
Mouth of heart, the mouth speaks. What we put in comes out. What you sow, you shall So if we're not planting this word every day, what else is getting planted? What else is manifesting? If you're hit with a challenge and your first thought is do X, Y, Z and not pray, consult with God on what you should do based upon your skills and assets and how to handle this person or this situation, ask yourself, do I really believe what I'm saying, or am I just doing conditioning? We have to, and that's what it means to exercise our faith. That's what Deacon was saying to us this morning. You've been on point. Because every time you say something on Sunday, <laughs> it's in someone's message. <laughs> that's what it means to exercise our faith. That's what Jesus said to them on the other side. Let us go to the other side. He said, let us go to the other side. I was in Simon. I'm going to go with you, but I'm asleep to make sure you know what you're supposed to be doing. Didn't. But thankful unto God that we have a servant that knows what we're feeling. That's right. He woke up. So, unlike another master, Allah, Buddha, all this other type of stuff, cutting themselves, trying to get the attention of their false gods, you know, well, as uh, the prophet said, maybe he's sleeping. Uh oh. What is that? That's showing up again. I said earlier, as my grandmother said, still alive to this day, God bless grandmother Irene, the word backs itself up. Elijah on the Mount Carmel, 600 false prophets, battling all this wickedness. And he said, maybe, maybe, maybe your God's asleep, trying to wake him up. That was before Jesus showed up on the scene. And what happens? On their way to the Sea of Galilee, Jesus is asleep. But what happened? He woke up, right? Mm -hmm. We have the true God. We don't have this idol, this phallus, this thing that we pray to. And we have to exercise the word. And how do we exercise it? By knowing it and speaking it when challenges arise, when violence arises. Commanding the heavens to move in our regard. Commanding the heavens to change the heart of that boss that won't let up off of us when we're trying to do our work. And we know we're doing the right thing. All right? But he still stayed. Shoot, this week I, I, I sat down before I left my house, go work. I said, Lord, put on to me the breastplate of righteousness. Protect the helmet of salvation. Help me hold up the shield of faith. So true. Now, yeah, I might look goofy to somebody else that doesn't understand, but anyone that's been in church or has been, in, has been raised a Christian, knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. And yet, part of me felt ridiculous, but as my day went on, I just felt, it's, it's, I, I have no other way to explain it. He just felt that. Things was happening, I just felt this super, I just felt big. So as I'm speaking the word and I'm walking through my life and I'm going through this situation and that situation, this person's saying this thing and this person's calling me going off of my phone, I'm just like, all right. And I have to pray. Sometimes I pray, okay, Lord, through this situation I might be facing today, my helmet's strong for that situation. Mm -hmm. I need you to keep my helmet strong for every situation. You know, no one sees the mind 
of a soldier crushing underneath the one's helmet. So you got to ask the Lord to strengthen that, that helmet of salvation. You got to ask the Lord to strengthen that breastplate of righteousness. Yes. Ask the Lord to strengthen to hold up the shield of faith. Because yes. you could be going through hell, but that shield of faith can help you keep the smile. That's right. And in that sort of truth, that's just knowing the word. Amen. That's it. That's just knowing what to speak, when to speak, and how to speak it. Really not how to speak it. It's just speaking it. The way I speak the word is the way I speak the word because that's how the Lord deals with my spirit. The way the Lord deals with your spirit, totally different way. But when you know it for yourself and not for what I or someone else told you, you can command your situations from the top down because that's you're right. the head. Amen. Speak the truth. Amen. Amen. Cutting through that demon. It's like, man, I just walked in the house and just, just what's going on? What way? Peace, peace, peace. All right. That's right. What did the master say? Peace, peace, peace. Peace, I live, you peace, I command. It's, we just got to speak it. We just got to know and learn it. And I challenge everybody today. I tell the young brothers on my job that I'm witnessing to, if you can't find time, if you, I was rephrase this, if you think you can't find time, one thing you can do is call a five-minute walk. That's right. Amen. five-minute walk That's right. is a <coughs> concept that I learned in middle school. My history teacher taught me. He said, baby, history teacher, baby, son of Christian. Five minutes in the morning, we can afford five minutes. Mm -hmm. Three minutes of prayer, two minutes of reading. If you're not big on prayer, flip it. Three minutes of reading, two minutes of prayer. There you go. Start there. Start planting. And as you plant, you'll thirst and grow. Your thirst for his word, your thirst for that interaction, that intimacy with the Lord will grow. And it'll grow. And in that little five minutes that you had in the morning, come 12 o'clock at lunchtime when they ask you to go on the break, uh, you can say, nah, I'm cool, I'm good, I'll see you later. Lord, take a note, because that is not. <laughs> all right, all right, let's wrap this up. <clears throat> he has not forgotten your struggle. He has not forgotten your pain or your purpose. Going from dry dock to Galilee. Even if you have to go for A to Q to the Z. Because he can't go against his word, and his word shall not return void. Now, if you read further in chapter 5. Dry dock. Let's go. Storm. Y'all not ready yet. He fixes it. They go on. They land. Immediately when they land on Galilee, you know what happens. Does anybody know what happens? I have a doubt for anybody that can tell me what happens. Can you get a little higher? <laughs> <laughs> what happens is he heals the Galilean who was possessed with a legion. So what we need to understand is, while we're thinking this one situation is the end of the world, it's not. Mm -hmm. That's right. But That's if we right. trust the Lord in that situation, when we get to the other side, there's going to be another situation. Another situation. Which means every day has its problems, but if we have Christ, we can weather the storm. 
And if we trust the Lord, like the disciples did, we can cast out demons. We can heal the sick. We can raise the dead. We can speak to our problems and they'll be done right then and there. Not peace be still five minutes later to Pete the storm goes away. No, peace be still done. Because you're speaking from the spiritual authority that the Lord has given you and not from the natural state that man has naturally given. So that's my message. It's size. We have to understand the assignment that the Lord has given us. Um, there's things in my life. I had a dream in 2011 while I was living in Florida. Crazy dream. I wrote it out. About two pages long, right? Didn't know what it meant. Went to my aunt. She interpreted it. I gave it a Everything that she said may happen. There was a situation. I was sleeping on my grandmother's couch and I woke up, I look outside, there's two businessmen approaching my mother's pastor at the time in Indiana when she was a kid growing up, saying, I'm not going to sell my church. Da, 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 da. Next thing I know, there's traffic lights on the ceiling. I'm like, all right, that's weird. Dream transitions. I'm coming up from the basement of my grandmother's house, and there's snakes and spiders attacking me and my grandmother. My dad comes in the house bruised up. He's got bruises and bleeding and all that type of stuff. My mom and I... It's in a dream now. We're taking all these snakes and spiders off. She goes to my father. She asks him if he's going to be okay. He says, I'm a little beat up, but I'll be fine. Next thing I know, a tour bus pulls up. Mind you, this is the door. This is the door. Tour bus pulls up. Tour bus opens up. Man steps out. The man that steps out is a childhood friend of mine, Carmen, who's like, hey, I'm going to take you on tour. We're it up. Okay, cool. Next thing happens is, scene goes away. There's a big white church, and my name is on the ground. And the tour bus pulls up. It's my tour bus with my name on the tour bus. And I walk into the church. Do I know what that means? I don't know what that later part of that means. There's other stuff in the dream that I left out that hasn't manifested. Do you know, two years later, my mother's, my grandmother's church got lost because of a bad incident. The snakes and the spiders that happened was me leaving my situation in Florida, coming up to Ohio. My father lost his job and nearly killed him, but he was all right. In every situation, see, the Lord told me back then, I'm going to take you to this place. I'm like, I don't, you know, I didn't know this was going to happen. I didn't know I was going to go through all this type of stuff. But I'm like, I'm trusting you, Lord. That's it. Everything Amen. Trust. I'm trusting you that everything is going to happen the way you said it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. This dream don't make no sense, but I'm going to type it. Type that out. That was nine years ago. Everything that I dreamed in that dream has happened. But that was nine years ago. What dream has God given you? What promise has he made to you? What task has he set before you? What sea side has he set before you? Did he say go to Galilee? What is your Galilee? Are you on that path to fulfill that Galilean mission? <clears throat> so trust God in the lilac. Trust God in the storm. Because I knew, I, I, you know, at first a dream happened. I'm like, yes! Big church, tour bus, I'm going to be doing ministry. This, this is what I'm about, man. Yeah! Wait. I'm going to have to go through 
surgeries, I'll lose the right part of my sight. My father's gonna lose his job. I'm not gonna be able to stay in Florida where it's 60 pretty much every day. Amen. <laughs> Amen. What's up? I didn't know, right, what's up, Lord? I'm doing what you said to do, <laughs> But you know, through this message, it's just the Lord's got you. Everything will manifest the way he said it will, as long as you trust him. Amen. Amen.